0: Yes, Carrot Tap podcast, back again with myself, Daps. Um, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff all the time, every time. Um, yeah, liking, subscribing, sharing, always getting that all mixed up, but yeah, keep doing all that. Fix my AirPod. look all right. Oh, saucy. But um, yeah, so today, I've got Sheffield United player Max Lowe on the podcast, Sheffield United. Um, left back but playing that Sheffield United system I don't know what to call him. So but we're gonna get into all of that anyway. Um, as always we're just gonna have a little chat with him, see how things are going for him right now this season, see what he's hoping to get out of this season and blah blah blah. Just gonna chat you know me, chat a lot of rubbish and people seem to talk back. So let me get him in now. Admit oh gosh almost pressed move. Yes, my bro. What's
1: happening, man? You all right?
0: Yeah, man. What's good?
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Chilling, day off, so Chilled off for me. What about you? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm just
0: well working and, and gonna have a quick conversation with you. Got to yeah. make sure you're not. Got to make sure you're not concussed first, right?
1: <laughs> oh no, man! No. Uh, <laughs> you guys are lucky to the hand. All the concussion stuff, the protocols you have to go through, the balance stuff. My memory's crap anyway, but all the stuff you have to do in terms of getting back to training, that was that was a long process, but wasn't the best premiership debut I could have had, but um, nah. How was, long were you on the pitch for? Five like, well, it happened five minutes in and I only lasted like another five minutes, so it was quick man. It was weird though, <laughs> I've never been comfortable. Like it was I turned into I ran into Ruben Loftus' cheeks, so I picked the wrong guy. He's he's a tank. He's a unit softening. And I um, felt all right. Um, I just started losing my vision the longer I was on the pitch for. So I had to get it taken off. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I couldn't see properly for like two, three days. Like, I was still getting double vision. Couldn't look at the TV or anything like that. So I feel, I feel bad now because I thought you just didn't fancy it when you, <laughs> when you ran. <laughs> I wanted it, man, on my debut. I, but yeah, it is what it is with them. Played against City uh, the weekend, just gone. So, nah, yeah. it is what it is. What I was going to say though was when you, it
0: happens in your behaviour, uh, are you okay with it? Or, is it? or is there that thing in you where you're like, oh, flip's sake, I've really messed up here. He's given me my chance, and five minutes in, I've, I've come off. Obviously, the bigger picture, that's not going to happen, but is that a thought in your head?
1: Oh, it was in the back of my mind as soon as I knew the situation I was in, but I think it was even at half time, the gaffer came and spoke to me. Um, and said, Listen, don't worry, though, you've worked hard, you'll get your chance again. But I was still a little bit concussed and I didn't know where I was. But um, that's what the gap is like. His management skills are top class, it's the best I've been around in terms of that. And he um, just makes, feel, makes players feel comfortable no matter what the situation is. So for him to say that during the game was big for me and um, it kind of calmed me down for the week coming up that I knew. Once I was all right, I'd be back in the team kind of thing and get my chance going forward.
0: Um, talk about him later on, but we might as well just do it while you've mentioned him. Um, so his management stuff, like you said he's really good at management. What, what else has really stuck out when it comes to um, Chris Wilder?
1: Well, my initial thoughts going to Sheffield United in general was, right, I would have played against the best players in the world. And... Um, I need to be on it every day in training, but it was actually he made it so easy for me going there and just adjusting to his style of play, playing in a more advanced position at left wing back. He made it; he just simplified the game for me, and he's done that with every new player that's came in. I think it's a no-brainer that he gets players in at the club and they go on to do great things, and he's got a track record of doing that because he just simplifies the game. He's made it so simple for me. So playing against City the other day, although we lost one 0 we defended well. Um, he gave me the task of just keeping Mahrez and Car Walker quiet, which isn't easy, but I try my best, and we worked on it all week leading up to the game, and it just makes you feel prepared and comfortable going into whatever game you know, you're know, confident. So He's spot on with everything he's done with me so far. I can't really pick out anything he's done bad, so, so yeah. Um, so
0: how you, Because of how you guys play, I've had, I've had Dids, dids on, the, on the pod as well. Yeah. And um, he was talking about the way you guys play as well. And it's, it's such a, it looks complicated, but you guys obviously know what you're doing. And was that something that took a while to get to grips with, exactly how everyone moves and interchanges? Like, because you get the centre-backs going up and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the maddest thing, like, seeing the centre-half on my side, overlapping me in training, I'm thinking, nah, this can't be right. For the first week, I was struggling to get my head around what he wanted us to do as a team, and it's just so free flowing. Um, although, five at the back, people think it's quite a rigid formation. Going forwards, he says, take the chains off, do what you want. He hasn't got a problem with me running into centre midfield and going and getting the ball. It's all new to me, but the more I do it, the more confident. I feel. And like I said, Dizzy was on the bite. All the lads have came to me saying, listen, going forward, you can express yourself, do what you want. Just make sure you get back in if you lose the ball. It's as simple as that. And um, it's took a, it hasn't took as long as it, it would for uh, all the new lads that came in to adjust to the formation and the style of the play. But I think we'll all, to be honest, like I love playing in the formation. It gives me a chance to get further up the pitch and get shots off and be a bit more creative. So it brings that side to my game as well.
0: game was against City, so you couldn't really do that. You got pinned back quite a bit. And um, what, what, what I was going to say was, um,
1: every single time, yeah. But just how quick is he? He's honestly, so me and Jade and Bogle were laughing about it because um, we always said when we was at Derby, like, the they I come against Carl Walker, I'm going to knock it past him, just to see how quick he actually is. I didn't get a chance to <laughs> Saturday, but this guy, man, he's a different gear. Like, even standing next to him, he's a big guy. Like, I didn't realize how big of solid he is. But um, it doesn't take him a long time to get from zero to one hundred percent as well. Like, his acceleration is there. And I think I've learned with watching Premiership games on TV, comparing it to playing again, playing against these guys, Kyle Walker. I respect him a lot more now because I've seen what he can do, right, against me, and I realize. The guy's got no weaknesses, no flaws in his game. He's he scored a great goal. He's getting up and down. It's hard to beat him because of his pace, let alone his positioning is great. And then I've even spoke about, like, Kevin De Bruyne in midfield, like, Sterling on the other side. They've got a strong team. And it's, for me personally, at the age i mine. it's just good to be playing against these guys and seeing where I'm at.
0: Again, Go and approach defending against him with all these chops and everything.
1: <coughs> the gaffer literally, he told me before the game "Do not let him come inside on his left. It's easier said than done, though, because I was trying to show him down the line. And he's got, like I said, he's got that chop, the dribbling, manipulation he's got. He sucks you into making you believe he's going to go in on his right. And then he comes back onto his left, so you've just got to be wary of it. But... Um, I mean, everyone's seen the goals. He's scored when he was at Leicester. Obviously, his time now at City. Like, he's, he's so good at sucking defenders in, then coming back onto his left, and he just whips it top in. So, that was in the back of my mind all the time. Like, if he's going to do me, he's going to have to do some magic on his right foot. So, but they're good challenges for me as uh, I like them 1v1 battles. So, it was good to play against him because he's a world-class winger as well.
0: Um, on your team, forget the opposition, though. Like, is there anyone? Because, obviously, Premier League team, all good players, but you come in and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's actually. Yeah,
1: me and when me and Jaden trained for the first week, we were chatting, saying, "Oh, this guy's sick." There was two standouts to me: George Baldock, the right right back, um, He's rapid. Delivery is good, defends well. Um, then there's a centre mid, Sanderberg. He. He pulled me the other day. I didn't realise how young he was. I mean he's like two years younger than me, but the guy is massive, center mid. Everything we do is through him. If we're struggling, like he can get us up the pitch, he gets us playing well, he keeps everything ticking. Um, he's one of the quickest guys in our squad as well. And he's deceivingly quick because he's that big. You don't think he can move, but the guy can shift, man. He's got another gear ahead of all us lots. So um, I probably say Sandler's been the standout player just because of his all around that to do everything.
0: The moment, um, I don't know, was it first time? To a corner, like running yeah. to like, a dead end. And he's somehow managed to get through mm-hmm. everyone and, and then get across and nothing come from it, obviously. But yeah. uh, good player, good player. Good, nice, tidy. strong player. Tidy as well. Um, so whilst we're on your team, let me just address the elephant in the room. What's gone wrong, do you think, for um, Sheffield United this season?
1: It's tough for me to say just because I wasn't there last year, but I feel like recently we've had tough fixtures. Obviously, we've had Liverpool, Man City, and we've got Chelsea before the international break. But from what the has said to us, in those games in particular, we've been playing well and we played better this season against Liverpool and Man City than we did last year. So I think it's just... At the start of the season in particular, there were a lot of little things going our way where there's a lot of VAR incidences that didn't really go our way. And I think it's so hard for referees to deal with that situation. But that's another conversation. Then uh, we had a couple of sending offs as well. And we just need a little bit of luck to go our way. And I feel like once we get the first win, we'll go on a long run, um, like the boys did last year. Because from what the lads that were there last season have told me, they've said, like, once we get the first goal, we're confident we're going to win the game. We just haven't had that yet. So we need to start the games better and um, find that a little bit better quality in front of goal. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be fine. We're confident we believe in ourselves because we've done it last year.
0: I don't, really it or anything. I don't think it's bad like that. Um, it is, you know, from the outside looking in, you're just looking... You changed, do you know what I mean? And and you're yeah. just kind of... you just. See where things have gone wrong. I think, as well. Obviously, I don't. I don't know if you can speak on this, but having every week. To me, my. I don't know anything in it, so um, yeah. I don't think that helps. Um, maybe if you if you were to win against Chelsea this this weekend, it's Chelsea you got play, right? Yeah, yeah. If you guys were to beat Chelsea, then. Like you say, you might go on a run, but I do think. But again, I know nothing. Two up top, you know. Together, like, like just pick your two. I know who I would personally like to see up top for you guys. Yeah. But... Um, week in, week out. But then again, you like you guys have have good forwards, so it's probably hard for Chris Wilder to.
1: It is it? A... It's a good problem for him to have, but I also think it's a bad problem because the squad's that strong in terms of it's hard for him to pick the starting eleven. Like, There's been a lot of games going into we don't know the team because everyone, they're all honest lads, like, we all train well. and um, Especially if results aren't going our way. You're kind of looking at the gap saying are you going to play me or am I getting dropped? Like, It's all the unknown, but I think we are lucky to have a handful of good strikers, like I said, Didsey, and Bernie, Brewster, and Skip Sharpie. Like, there's goals, there's proven goals, and um, in, in whoever plays up two together. So, it's just finding that consistency and having the confidence. But it's not. We don't want to put all the burden on them. Like, the wing backs, we've got to create chances for them, and get good delivery in the box. There's got to be goals from midfielders and the centre backs. So it's, it's a team effort. But, but yeah, I think it is a it's healthy competition. So we're not.
0: Too stressed about it at the minute. Yes, I don't, I don't care really. I think my Bernie should be. It's a problem, like against like, I support Arsenal obviously. When he played against us, I, I can't
1: Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Us, but generally speaking, good. He, but he puts himself about.
1: Proper. Do yeah.
0: you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and Mugoljic, I'm not just saying it because he's been on the pod or whatnot, but I'm doing the link-up like he does.
1: Yeah.
0: So it just seems to get you guys ticking a bit more. So, um, that's for me anyway, but like I said, No, right. he, he just
1: brings something different to our team. I mean, to be fair, I don't know how I forgot about Diggs, you know, when I first started training, like, his technical ability, the way, like, he was just one of the highest players to get the ball off. He's, he loves dropping into the pocket and turning and getting us playing. So, he's invented for sure and he's got the experience that we're, we're probably lacking up top. So, we have got a lot of young strikers as well. So And you mentioned the Arsenal game, he's finished his finished was class-like. It was something out of nothing, really. I remember it was his left foot and he's whipped it and then it got us back in the game. So, um, that's what we need a bit more of, maybe, going forward. Next game against Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, I'll play. If not, whoever plays, like, we just need to get, get the win. That's where we're at at the minute. Um, we're not really scared of whoever we're playing against because we perform well against Liverpool and Man City. So, Chelsea's going to be tough. So, we're looking forward to it. Um, they play five at the back as well. So, it'll be interesting to see how we match up with them. And, um, but we're confident. We just need to get that first goal. And I'm confident if we do get the first goal, we'll, we'll defend solid like we always have done. And we've got a history of doing that. So, so yeah, looking forward to it.
0: No, no, not you guys. You, you've obviously made a step up now. Do you still have that thing in you where? Stunking now, you're just kind of going with it.
1: I'd probably say the Man City game got rid of that emotion, thinking, oh, this is an environment where it's new to me. And now I feel comfortable in training, in matches that, I deserve to be here, that's why I got the move. The gaffer believes in me. More importantly, the lads have took me in really well. So I feel confident and pretty easy going. That it's just a game. I know it sounds silly, but it's a game of football. This is what I love doing. So I've got nothing to be worried about. What's the worst that can happen? We lose the game and we play again next week. So um that's the way I'll go into it and just try and do the best I can, you know? That's how I've always looked at football games. So I try not to stress out too much about it, but the bigger the game, the bigger the occasion, it does get nerve-wracking, but I think it's helped in a way not having fans because it's, for the new lads moving, it's just been like you're playing with the boys, you're playing with your mates uh, on a pitch against some of the best players in the world and you're just trying to stick at it and do your best. So, But then on the other hand, I'm, I can't wait to play at Bramall Lane with the fans because the gaffers told me about the atmosphere there and from what I know about the Sheffield United club as a, as a fan base, it's massive, so I really want the fans to come back because that will give us an extra push as well. Go back, I
0: forgot to pick up on pick up it. VAR, Championship, obviously, there's no VAR yeah. there. What's that? You know, uh, having to get used to is it, is it weird for you or you just...
1: It is weird because it, like, it's just little things like a lot of the handballs in the first month of the Premier League, you're thinking, no, it's not handballing, they're giving it. So you're naturally seeing so like, I've been playing against defenders and they're trying to stop the cross but having their hands behind their back. And in the Championship, I've never seen that. And um, I understand why they're doing it, but it's not natural. I, really I nah, I <laughs> I'm I i But looking at them. These are like experienced Premiership players. I'm thinking, should I be doing that? And I spoke to the gaffer and he said, nah, if it, if it hits your hand, it, that's the way it is. It, it's handball, but you're defending in a natural position. Just don't turn back and try and save, save a shot or whatever, do something <laughs> mad like that. Um, I don't know what I think to VAR it's weird because it I think in certain situations the refs get it spot on but then it's still a game of an opinion I think when you slow stuff down it looks a lot worse than it can do in match speed so it's a difficult one for the refs I prefer it without it in terms of it's that's how we were brought up watching football if the ref gets the decision wrong it's like right he's got it wrong everyone makes bad decisions but it's in the moment they don't get to look back at it and I just think it kills the game a little bit. So it's a tough one for the refs. It's
0: a decision that is actually going too far. Because when we're watching it on TV, obviously, you get, you, you know, they tell you, oh, well, I'll just have a look at this. Are you aware on the pitch? Or is it is it when, you know, he, he brings it to a hold and then, do you know what You're I mean? Not, you know.
1: it's, it's literally the waiting game. You're waiting to hear what the decision is because the ref doesn't even know who's doing the game because he's just waiting to hear from the people watching the video back. that's why I think it's I like the screen thing where whoever's the referee in the game can go look at the screen because then it's his opinion but I think it's hard for the ref to deal with it where it's someone else's opinion then he's going to get pelters from the players and the managers because it might be the wrong decision but um, as players on the pitch we don't have a clue really like the referee is saying no it's his team are looking at it and we're just waiting hoping it's not a penalty or it's not a red card. And um you just crack on with it, whatever the decision is.
0: From early that Sheffield United were going to come in for you this summer, or did you have your, your ear to the?
1: I'm not going to lie, it was a quick turnaround. Um, from that pre-season, I was looking. I wasn't even looking anywhere else, but Derby... Uh, my focus is on playing as many games in the Championship. My goal has always been to play in the Premiership, but I didn't think it would come around so soon. I thought I'd have to do another season at Derby, try and get promotion again, as Derby have done for the last five years. And um, Once the, my agent made me aware of Sheffield United, it was a no-brainer for both parties, I think, financially for Derby and the opportunity for me and Jaden to go up the road on the M1 to Sheffield United. It was a no-brainer to play under a great manager with a team that did so well last year. It was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. And um, I'm truly grateful to have that opportunity. And um, it was, it shocked me at first. So I, I'm, I'll be honest, I didn't have that much Premiership interest at the time. Um, for a team like Sheffield United coming for me and Chris ring me up and saying, "Nah, I want you here. I want you to be one of our players. And you're not just going to be comfortable here. You're going to be pushing to play. And that kind of gave me another boost of confidence going into it, thinking I've got nothing to lose. It's an opportunity that I can't turn down. And it's not far away from home. It ticks all the boxes, so I'm just going to go for it. And I'm loving every minute so far. Um, yeah, it's, it was crazy. It, it happened in the space of, from there, being interest to in me actually being there. And it was shorter than a week, so it's, it was really smooth as well. Everything was done, dusted then. Back in with the boys, training, doing all the fitness stuff.
0: You know, so you're aware that that they're in, that they're onto you and everything, but saying it Cause obviously anything can can go wrong um, in with Or this Premier League. it was, it was weird
1: because when I was. I remember the whole day of my medical, I was so like drained after when I got home. So it was just so intense. You see the manager, and like you said, you're hoping nothing goes wrong because you hear so many stories about the bids getting accepted, but then either personal terms don't get agreed, medical, you fail your medical. I've never had to do a medical before. And it was it was weird because Jaden was there with me as well, was doing it at the same time. I mean, the medical side was doing leg weights, obviously going through all your injury history. We had, to, we had to do a run. Like It was all old school stuff and that's how the gaffer wants it to be. And um, Me and Bo was blowing on the first day and we knew it was going to be tough. But then uh, the medical side was sorted Then we had our personal terms to agree. But then there was stuff on Derby's side so we had to stay. I think we went to Sheffield at 10 o'clock in the morning and ended up leaving around 5 o'clock so it was a long day of just waiting to get it signed and then be a Sheffield United player but it was a good experience but I was drained after mine so I just wanted to play football and um, it was a long go.
0: never done a medical before. I know for Derby obviously you come up through the, the, the youth system so that's a given but when you went on loan don't you have to do medicals for that?
1: It's I don't know if it's different with loan players but all you'd have to do was I never did like the fitness side to it. They would check your injury history check if you've been struggling with anything in the last like three or four months and it would literally be as quick as a conversation and be like, all right sweet go train but with Sheffield it was like when I turned up it was like so you've got had surgery on your hamstrings had a big operation when I was 18 and it's a big scar so whenever the physios are looking at it they're like well what's that and I have to explain that to them and then they speak to Derby about it and then it's all sweet then it was even like the running to see how Fit, we are. That's where I knew, like, oh, this is a good club. Like, you can't hide here. It's not going to be easy. I just remember me and Bo's doing the runs together on one pitch, going against each other. And the gaffer was just banging the middle on the top, just watching us run. I was thinking, this is, this is next level stuff. But it's what me and Bo's thrive off it's competition between both of us. We've had that at Derby. But when I was on loan at Shrewsbury and Aberdeen, the medicals were pretty quick. Like, I got there. Just literally spoke to the medical team, spoke to the gap, and then I was training the next day. So, so yeah, it was a big change-up going to Sheffield and doing
0: that. It's basically just testament to how well you yourself that you played, that you had a good season last year.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like it was frustrating because we didn't make the playoffs at Derby, but I felt like... For me individually, I played a lot of games more than I expected, um, played right back for the first time of the season because Jalen was out. then I went to left back. Um, when Rooney came in, I think that gave the team a massive boost, and that was surreal like. For the first month, I was just staring at him. It was weird. That that because
0: it's one thing in the Premier League seeing that the, the, the yeah. Brainers and whatever, but you're at Derby in a championship, and then Wayne Rooney walks in.
1: It was honestly because I grew up supporting, when I was a kid, supporting Manu, watching him and Ronaldo. And when, when he came through the door into the change room, I couldn't stop just looking at him thinking, what is happening here? And I remember his first game, like, I started his, his first game for Derby, and it was just like he lifted everyone's levels up because we didn't want to mess up and not play with Wayne Rooney. That, he had that it factor. And um, I think for the first two months, like, we had the best form in the league. It was down to him just being in the team and making everyone's standards lift, even in training. Like he trained every day, wanted to play every game, even if it was against a non-league side in the club. He wanted to play. He, loved, he loves football. He talked to whoever it was just about football, his stories he told against like the Invincibles when he was at Everton coming through like they're unbelievable.
0: In this podcast, yeah. And I don't know. Can you remember the the game that ended the invincible run?
1: No. Uh, was it at Old Trafford? Yeah.
0: And and they won and he got a penalty yeah. We really got yeah. a penalty and to this day he definitely that <laughs> and that one still haunts me because that ended up um, that ended the unbeaten run. But yeah, you know <laughs> No complaints about him, but um, he's obviously not the same player he was of 10 years ago, obviously. He'd we'll just stick out that straight away.
1: He's passing. He's, he's even said, like, because there's a lot of young boys at Derby, he first said, I used to be rapid. And we all used to laugh, thinking how quick he is saying, like, quicker than me, quicker than Jay. Like, even the quickest in the squad, he'd be like, yeah, I'd breeze past all you lot. And, um, but he's passing. I mean, the way he's dropped into the four, like, demon midfield role shows how much of a good footballer he is. Like, from going up top to number nine, he can do the 10 role. Now he's playing, like, hoarding the field. He can play anywhere. His footballing brain's a different level, but his range of passing, how he can just get it. and I can be running at full speed and he'll just drop it at my feet. And it's, it was a nice luxury to have at the time. So I'm just blessed to say I played with Wayne Rooney, you know. It's something I can tell people in the future and look back at it and be proud of. Yeah, <laughs> it is, well, at Derby it's been weird, like, so we've had Rooney, we had Lampard as a manager, Ashley Cole was there for a little bit as well, and me being a left-back, looking at him, yeah, I was, that was probably the one time where I was starstruck, do you know people say, like, oh, when were you starstruck, it was when he was at Derby, and um, I was alone at Aberdeen at the time, but when I came back, he had a really good in-depth chat about me, about how yeah, he's watched some of my games up in Scotland, and what he thinks I can improve on and I just took it all in like like a sponge really and he was really good with me and then Lampard as a gaffer was another one like oh. yeah so you are saying about Ashley Cole? it's, it's just mad because me as a left back I literally if I could talk to any player about how to play the position it'd be him because he's dealt, he's pocketed some of the best players in the world and how he can get forwards. Yeah, I, that's how. The last 20 years for me. Yeah, I'd give him that title. I always say he's the best defender ever. Like, I just look at him in that way and remember him for some of the wingers he's dealt with, my games played for England. And then for him to pull me and have a chat about how I was doing that at Aberdeen when he didn't really need to, was, um, it was a really nice touch from him. And he's just. It, it was just a nice conversation to have with, with a player who's played in that position and whatever he said. I wanted to soak it up and try and use it going forwards and I feel like I have done it. If I can have half the career he's had, I'll be happy, man, because he's done everything. He's won everything as well, so. I hear
0: that, but you didn't answer my question, mate. Right? Pass him, Rooney or Hudson? Who would you say has got a better passing? You, you try to dodge that one.
1: <laughs> it's tough, because... now nah, do you know what? It's not tough. The way Huds pings a ball is so pretty. Like, I can't, I have to say, honestly, it's, it's effortless. He could, even when he shoots, he like just pings it into the top bins and like, you see a lot of lads that will give it their all and try and whip it past the keeper. I'd have to go with Hoods, and I think a lot of lads that have been at Derby or play with Hoods would say the same thing because he's, he's both feet as well, effortless and cause he's got that much power. He just generates it easily and you can just, He's, he's a different breed, man. I haven't seen a player like him how he just pings a ball, so I'll probably say Huds.
0: Yeah, and watching football, I'd, I'd say I've, I've just done it all day long and, and it's so funny because he, he talks like he plays. Yeah, yeah, he's, I know what you mean. He's just yeah. doing that and then he plays like that and like you said, he doesn't give it like a way. He just, nah. just let, let them off, man. So good. With, yeah. I wish I could pass the ball like that. He's weaker <laughs> so do I man <laughs> no. he's weaker I mean, is probably better than my
1: than my strongest yeah but um but he practices he, that's what he does after training he literally no matter how hard the session was he'd get a bag of balls and his left foot right foot he'd get me running up and down and he'd want to find me on his feet and he wouldn't leave on a bad one he'd be one of them like have to get it right before he go in. Yeah and they're the little things you take out of a young lad thinking right like, if he's doing it what what should I be doing after training? Yeah, no, it's, and a lot of people just obviously see you guys
0: just come out on a Saturday, whatever, and play the game, but they don't actually see the work. And for someone like, like Huddleston to have had the career he's had and still be doing it,
1: it just shows yeah. that like the work never stops. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I think, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Hoods or Martin wake one night, no matter how good you do it and the better you do the harder you have to work basically and um, mm. that's kind of what Hoods has done like the older he's got he said the harder he has to work keeping his fit- fitness levels up his weight down he works so hard in the gym he's swimming after training before training he's in early like like he's dedicated man that's why he's played at Spurs for so long and he's done so well
0: yeah hopefully he gets back into, into the game very, very
1: quickly. Yeah. alright
0: so Philip Koku. Yeah. How big of an impact did he make on your on your career? Because before he came in, is it safe to say you weren't Frank weren't Is that is
1: that safe to say? Yeah, no, spot on. Spot I love- on. Uh, no, yeah. You get you good deal to be fair, Frank Lampard. But I think that was more security in the club's hand. They didn't want me to leave out on free. You know how it works. And um, went to Aberdeen. Didn't know anything about Scottish football, did really well, loved my time there, came back. Cocky was a manager. I did not want to be there. Hands down, like, didn't want to be. I wanted to look elsewhere because I thought I've got no chance of playing here. Mm. I've only gone up to Scotland and come back. I can't see myself playing. and um, me and him had a hard hotch. Literally, I think it was on his second day. He's like, Where'd you see yourself the season? I don't show up like. I can't see myself playing here because I didn't last year, and I'm only getting older. So it's not like I deserve these opportunities just because I'm young. And he laughed and he was like, "No, you're you're playing because of what you did last season. I've seen it. I don't care what league it is. And mm. I've seen you in training yesterday. Let alone like you can play here. Um, he was he was a great he's a great coach. For Koku he wants us to play all the time. He's not afraid to make mistakes at the back when he puts his hands up if it happens. But that's the way he wants to play. He's honest with it." Um, it took a lot of lads a long time to adapt because his training sessions were so technical. Mm. It kind of blew you away, and um, but he's, he's done really well. And he had a tough first year at Derby. When I was there, a lot of a lot of stuff happened away from football, which he had to deal with early on. And um, he dealt a bit well. And I feel like the lads owe him a lot because he's he's done a lot for the club, especially in the first two months. He had a lot of stuff to deal with, man. And um, yeah, he's a good coach. So he's a very good coach. And he's from the school, you
0: know, the Ajax. Yeah. He's, he's from that. And you can can you tell and see that in, in his training sessions?
1: Oh, yeah. He does. Twine and Chris are his assistants, and they do some stuff like... I've never... It's like... They're like military passengers, but if you get it wrong, oh, they're going mad at you. Like, it's, it's simple stuff when you think of it, but when you're doing it at 100% match speed, it's hard. Mm. And a lot of us... It took all of us... A couple of weeks to get it right and you'd get frustrated and then they do a passenger where all of them are trying to like block the pass passing lane so you have to like basically play off the cuff and try and skip around them yeah but um, it's good that's one of the things I find interesting wherever I've been at different managers mindsets and training sessions alone like it takes a while to adapt to so like Sheffield it's really intense there's not a minute where I'm not blowing like it's just it's ridiculous tempo-wise. Whereas at Derby it was a bit more slower, and technical, and fine-tuning stuff. So you can see where he's learned all his trade from Ajax and um, P.S.P. Sorry, and they all they all say that like the Dutch, the style of play it's cool, slow, expansive, free, through and um, that's what we built on last year. And I know they changed it a little bit this year to five at the back. Derby had, but he was very stubborn in the fact that 4 3 3 it works. Yeah. You had to fit the play that way. So it was interesting. So you still look out for
0: their um, performances and, and
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I spoke to uh, Martin Waggon this morning because um, he whipped in a free kick against Forrest. I said, told him to do another one tonight. I'll be watching it tonight. So just, I've not seen all the young lads do well as well. I uh, believe you can at left back, he's been doing great. Jason Knight, Maxburg, they're all. They're all good players, man. It's good because I was there for the first season when they broke through. Mm. Now, some of them are playing every, every game, so yeah. it's As just good um, to. Has Colin kazim Richards played yet? Yeah. He's came on a couple of times, I think, yeah. Mm. yeah he looks a peace, man. He's a big guy. Yeah, I remember,
0: <laughs> I remember years ago, he's, I was um, at a pre-season, and his um, uncle, uncle was my manager. Yeah, you know, he used to come down for um, pre-season and he was a beast back then. He was. Yeah. He's a player though.
1: Yeah, he's had a good career, man. He's had some nuts moves as well. He's been Turkey, he's, Greece has been he's, everywhere. So. But I think that's where Derby need to find the right situation because we've been we were very young yet last year, mm-hmm. and now the Gaffer's brought in like Curtis Davis back playing. He's a great leader, great centre half. Mm-hmm. Kazim Richards, Martin Wakel, Rooney. You need, I think Derby needed a lot more senior players because we were very young overall we last year. So, yeah. What, what, what do you take, What do you make of their um, of their season
0: so far? Because I wasn't really up to date with with their situation, but I did see that he was under pressure for a bit. Philip Cocu. Like, yeah. Do you, what do you make of that?
1: Naturally, the, world, the way Mar Morris is, he wants to win. We've been trying so hard to get promotion for the last five years I was there. We were always so close, lost in two playoff finals and last year we missed out on the playoffs. And This year the boys haven't started off great. but So naturally he's going to have pressure on his back. But from the games I've watched, they've been unlucky. They've been, I think in the last three games they've been 1-0 up and ended up drawing 1-1 mm. to late goals as well. So it's literally, it's not like the performances are horrific. Yeah. It's just, that they're, they're not staying on it for 90 minutes, basically. And um, they know it doesn't take a lot to change that. And I think Mel's switched on enough as well to know Coffee's doing the right stuff and they're playing the right way as well, more importantly. 100%. Um, what I did want to talk about, though, is um,
0: an incident that happened whilst you yeah. were at um, Derby with um, a BBC um, radio Derby, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Where they've said whatever they've said and you know they basically said that, you know, well he has said that the black lads have to he, he wants to see them just work that bitch that much harder and what what yeah. it was just such a silly statement and when that happened what was your thinking? Because you came out and, and spoke about it, which is which was which I loved. Do you get what I'm saying? Because a lot of the time, yeah. players can't come out and actually speak about things. Not that they don't want to, but they, but they generally can't. What was going through your mind, and was it a no-brainer to you that no, I have to say something? I remember
1: it was a game I didn't even play. Jaden was on the bench as well, and um, Jaden came on. He was at fault for a goal, and that's obviously spurred him to go off on one. Mm. Craig Brown's just gone off on one about Jaden's attitude. Then he's mentioned me even though I wasn't playing <laughs> and then he's mentioned Morgan Whittaker another he's got another young black lad and then he said it's like all the young black lads and that's where I felt like he just crossed it it's fine criticizing he's a footballer I don't care like you can say I'm crap say I shouldn't be playing shouldn't be at that level that's fine then for to generalize all of us into one conversation when it should just be football based he crossed the line and um it's a shame because people aren't educated. That's all it is. And, um, I think the more it gets spoken about, which it has done a lot, um, the better. Um, especially for the next generation coming up, they need to understand that everyone should be treated the same. No one's different in terms of being pointed out for doing something wrong just because he's black or white. They should be treated differently. Like that's just that's just not not on at all. So when I heard about it. A lot of fans, to be fair, from Derby were contacting me on Instagram, Twitter was exploding and I was thinking, what's this? Dad told me. So I, a fan sent me the audio message and i was just like, what? And it killed Yeah, I listened to it over and over again and I thought, you know, what? I, I took five minutes because so I was angry at the time. I just took five minutes to thought, all right, how, how should I react to this? I just thought social media is the best platform to let everyone know like I'm not afraid to voice my opinion. I spoke about it with Jaden as well and um, he thought no I'd do it. So it kind of gave me the, the comfort to speak my opinion on social media so everyone would know like it's not on. And the club backed me, backed both of us really well. The club were really good with it and um, it was a difficult one for the club because he's played for Derby, he's been on BBC Radio Derby for a long time but it is what it is. I don't think you can be outspoken to a level where you picking out someone's colour for no reason.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Um,
0: I'm glad that they got rid of him. And I, I know that that's not for you to say, and I don't expect you to say that, but I'm glad they got rid of him. Because yeah. too, too many times you hear you hear about these incidents, or you, I don't even have to hear about it, I hear it myself. Do you get what I'm saying? And they might not say mention the word black, but, when it comes to speaking about black players, there's this negativity about it. Do you know? Yeah. I mean? So I'm I'm happy that you spoke out and spoke out about it. I'm I'm happy that you know they got rid of him because it, there was action. Too many times there's no action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is what it is. You know, Black History Month has just um, has just finished, and in the Premier League they're still kneeling. I'm not gonna lie to you. What, what, what do you what do you really feel? Um, how, how do you really feel about the, the kneeling down still?
1: I feel like at first of all it was good I thought it was powerful but now I feel like people are just doing it for the sake of it's just like part of it now like right we've got a meal before a game and I feel like at first people knew why we was doing it and now I think it's just becoming a thing where right we've got a meal before a game people don't think anything of it Who mm-hmm. um, was I listening to I think I can't remember if it's Saul Campbell like with Black History Month. it shouldn't just be a month like, this needs to be something that's year for life, like forever. So um the kneeling down thing, it was good at the start, but now I think of how bad things were, especially in America, it's all over the world, like how bad certain situations have got, like we need to do a lot more. Yeah. As everyone, like everyone needs to do a lot more. So. I think you've got to look at people like Raheem who's done a lot He's outspoken Marcus Rashford these guys are doing it all the time they're not just doing it when something bad happens mm. I think it's it needs to be consistent so with the kneeling down I know a lot of clubs have said they're not kneeling down before the game I think it was QPR yeah uh, so Les Fernand was saying like oh yeah it's similar to what I've said like people just kneeling down for the sake of kneeling down now there's no message towards it so I think it's a hard one but it's tough because you listen to a lot of people like I said Sol Campbell Michael Richards all these guys that are speaking out on it it's good because they're on Sky Sports they're they've got the platform to say it but then when we're as players we're kneeling down before games and we're just thinking like this will be forgotten about because everyone watching the TV will be not thinking anything of it and then wait for the game to start so I think there's different ways maybe we can do it going forwards. yeah um, I I obviously
0: feel like it should be like, done with now. Because like you say, it's, it's got to the point now where in the beginning it was just like, you know what? Black Lives matters. You know, we're fighting against racism and whatnot. Whereas now, like you said, it's just a thing that happens before the game. So you, yeah. you do it, okay, go, you start playing. And it's totally forgotten about. But yeah. is there actual real change happening? you get what I'm saying, yeah. behind behind the scenes. And like you said, you've got people like Raheem, you've got people like um, like Marcus Rashford doing things, and but behind closed doors, what I've been really doing, and I'm more about the action, you know, where it really matters, because you know, things like you you, you know, being spoken about how, how you were spoken about or things that you know, like commentary or whatever or how the media portrays players, whether it be you know, the treatment that Pogba gets in regards, I mean, in comparison to someone else. Do you know what I mean? Those are the things yes. that, that need changing. I don't think kneeling before a game is actually really, really doing that. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm with you on that one. It's funny, though, because you spoke out. But like yesterday I took a look at your comments. And obviously most of the comments are like in support or whatever. Yeah. But no matter what you do, <laughs> no matter how you say it, no matter how direct you are, People will always find a way to um, to find the, the negativity, and I saw I saw someone saying in your comments, "Oh, like why are you talking about it? Just to stick to football." And I said, yeah. "I said, nah, this can't be." And I looked, there, was a, there were a couple others, and is there's so much learning and and unlearning that needs to that needs to happen.
1: I remember, like. Even on social media, yeah, I see it. I just ignore it. Like, I used to get really worked up about it and try and, like, not nibble. But sometimes I'd nibble and reply back. I don't do any of that now. But I've seen those comments. And then going back to the incident, I think it was a couple of weeks after, me and Jaden were warming up before a game. One of the Derby fans come over, started cussing us, saying, why have you got him sacked? Fucking, he was right. This is a Derby fan. Oh, I'm thinking, fucking hell. And Curtis Davis steps in and told him, to, like, do one, basically, you know? It's just, it is nuts. It's just people don't understand, and that's what it upsets me because I, I don't know how you can be uneducated about the situation and and how to deal with things if you need to voice your opinion. Like anyone can say what they want, like, but (laughs) there's a line that can't be crossed.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But yeah, um, Dwayne Holmes is doing a lot. He's speaking out a lot at Derby, and um, I'm putting him on.
0: I'm bringing him on one of my podcasts, actually.
1: He'll, he'll be good to have on because... The other one. Him. Yeah, the other one. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Oh, because he... He reacts to people on social media and he's not afraid to answer back. Yeah. We're yeah. fair play to him. Like, he'll tell a fan to do one if they're wrong. So, I think there's, but there's ways you can work around it because I know certain fans just want you to react and get caught out saying something you shouldn't, but Dwayne actually replies in yeah. irrespective.
0: But
1: it tells them
0: that they're wrong, basically. So yeah, it I'm, is funny. I'm I'm just happy that we're in a we're in a time where we do have social media where you can actually talk back and because I, I think a, um, a a lot of the criticism that um, people labelled at players that have come before um, yeah. that they didn't really speak up, but yeah. it was hard harder when you know social media wasn't there. You know yeah. It's easier now. Like I like said, the best way for you not to for you to go and do it was to just go on your Instagram, put out the post and whatnot. And um, it's I'm I'm just happy that people speak out about it. And the only way things will change is if people are allowed to actually express and talk about things. Do you know yeah, I mean, you're exactly. always gonna get the, the idiots who who just wanna be wrong and strong and just you know have a have a chip on their shoulder, funny enough. But you know, keep doing it, man. And I'm not saying fight the fight by yourself and, you know, do it in a way where it takes away from your football or whatever. But, you know, w- when you need to speak out, you know, I-, I just want you to feel like, to know that you, you can actually speak out and people do listen to you. And there's a- there are a lot of people who look up to you guys. Do you get what I'm saying? So it, it was important. It was important. So um, we're going to finish this by telling me, you telling me what your hopes are personally for the season and for Sheffield United? What are your targets or hopes for the season?
1: Our targets this season are just to uh, do better than last season, I think, um, with how great it went and the boys nearly making the Europa League was, would have been massive for the club. And um, I think we've got to, got to have that confidence going into this season doing the exact same thing, like playing the way they did last year. I think, why not? We've brought in some Great players this year. The squad's probably stronger than what it was last year. That's what the gaffer said. So he's saying why I can't we do it again. Yeah. And for me individually, just playing as many games as I can and improving. Um, I feel like I've improved just by training, let alone the game. So um, I'm just buzzing every game I'm involved in, I'll be happy and I'll be blessed to play against whoever it is. If it's Burnley away, Man City at home, it doesn't matter. Like I want to play so gaffer knows that, and the most important thing is picking up results for the t- short term now. Yeah, you can't be looking forward to Burnley away. I mean,
0: no, 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 not, not that you're not looking forward to it.
1: That was my actual debut, Burnley away. Um, it was 1-1, we lost on penalties in the cup, but uh, it's weird to everyone say, oh, Burnley away is horrible, but I played in the champ where you're playing against Millwall, Stoke, mm. at the time, obviously not now. But like Millwall, where you play some... Brew all games and where the game, the ball's literally in the air for the whole game, and I think it Burnley ain't that. Like, 'cause so I've, I've done it all. So in terms of playing long ball football, yeah. And, um, so I didn't really think anything of it, but, so I did enjoy it actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just don't. Burnley's such a horrible game when, when I look <laughs> at it. It's, and I'm not saying that <laughs> I don't. Why is that just playing? Technicals, haha, <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, I'm not saying that um, Burnley aren't a good team or whatnot, but all of that stuff, and yeah. just, they're just horrible to play against. McNeil will get the ball, dash it in. Left foot, but yeah. You've got, what do you call him, Barnes and Chris Wood. Yeah, Wood, yeah. I remember last year, um, Arsenal played them, and Ceballos, I think it was his debut. Yeah. Savar's so played well and everything. But I remember him coming off and being on the bench, blowing, and he, he was doing that. <laughs> he was... <laughs> he comes from Real Madrid. Yeah. You know they're playing a the ball, and it's just like that. And, yeah, as a defender, to, to play against that, it's just long. So, anyway, good luck to you when it, when it happens. You know, no, you. with McNeil and, and Chris Ward is definitely going to peel <laughs> off to you.
1: Chris Ward will definitely peel off to you, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, they will be... <laughs> and, uh, that to be fair, like you're right though as a defender, you'd rather play against a team that plays well and keeps it in front of you than that sticks it on you and you have to run in behind. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Like naturally, any defender hates running back to their own goals. So. Yeah, at like, the end right. of it, it
0: is effective for them. So yeah, that is what it is.
1: But yeah, man, um,
0: thank you so much for this. You. for like another five minutes when I stop this I want to give you a little trivia but yeah, um, yeah thank you for this I hope you've enjoyed it yeah no it's been good to chat to you man I know you're um, you're busy you know walking dogs and everything but <laughs> <laughs> I know you're busy walking dogs but I appreciate this and you know I'll, I'll be looking out for your results and performances and, and critiquing you on my podcast many a time so yeah I look forward to it. But um, yeah, no, thank you for this, man. And
1: anything you want to say to the Sheffield United fans who will obviously be tuned in? Can't wait for you to all be back in at Bramall Lane, man. I'm, I haven't experienced it yet, but I'm itching to play in front of 30,000. So hopefully we'll see you all soon. Excellent. That's,
0: you did well. That's a great media. <laughs> media trained one. But yeah, uh, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Um, yeah, me, Max Lowe, we're out. Oh,